0: So in looking for common reference points or common reference point in the changing situations of our lives, when we're sitting still, moving around, busy doing stuff, um, being with people, feeling ill, being happy, uh, not quite knowing what we're doing, getting into complex mental states and so forth. We say there are two fundamental attributes to that experience. Once you get to the fundamentals, it's much easier to handle it. Uh, The fundamentals of experience, one, it's dynamic, isn't it? It's always changing. It's uh, pulsing, it's rushing, it's sluggish, it's some sort of... When I say dynamic, I don't mean it's necessarily zestful, but it's in the nature of being energetic in terms of its raw material, the raw substance of it is things are shifting and changing, things are affecting each other, things are pressing, things are dragging, things are running, things are spinning, things are settling, Mm. things are calming, calming, Mm. things are arousing, things are stimulating things are tangling this is all dynamic isn't it it's all the nature of something that moves and changes yeah. the sankata, the conditioned um, and then there's this other very fundamental that's, that's you say the raw substance of actuality where it's uh, you know yeah. And then, there's awareness, it's, it, it's, it's experienced, it's sensed. It, it, something is open to that. Awareness is like an open quality, an open state, an open space, a reception, a receptivity. And we say the fundamental properties of consciousness is its jnana. Consciousness of something, Mm. awareness of sight, awareness of sound, awareness of thought, awareness of bodily tactile sensations. Vijnana. And it's what's aware of stimulates. Touches, touches, stimulates. What it touches and stimulates is jitta, heart. You can also say that's also awareness. It's it's aware. It's open. It's like an open mouth, constantly being having things poked into it. And it's stimulated as energy moves, shifts, resonances. Reactions, feelings, energy shifts. Mm. In this realm of direct experience, we're experiencing that. Mm. Now, why I point this out is because this, this is simple, and it's actually something you can make changes with, you can, you can manage. And you can achieve or realize peace and resolution through this. In fact, fact one would say, no other way. And uh, why this has to be pointed out is because, of course, most of the time, most people are going to what they think, or what they feel, yeah, or the description. Things are bright or dark or tasty, juicy, fragrant, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. new, exciting or horrifying. We go into the descriptions of experience. Mm -hmm. And getting stimulated by that, getting annoyed by it getting interested in it uh, descriptions of experience these descriptions are also built into the way that consciousness works, it describes things by creating perceptions perceptions means our mind oh that's Joseph that's that's grass that's sunshine that's uh, horrifying that's a war that's um, and these perceptions then land in the citta Chitta oh, it's stimulated And then feeling occurs Stimulation is an energy shift Is that right? If you feel anything at all Something shifts That's energy I don't mean energy in terms of power. I've got a lot of energy. I'm, or energy in terms of applied effort. These are also exper- uh, things that occur for us, but I'm just talking about the primary quality of we say life force, vitality. Mm-hmm. Because then you get down to the raw material. What happens when we feel something? something shimmers something resonates something jumps something retracts closes down changes that's energy, shifting of energy through the nervous system and that shifting of energy sends a response energy shifts things get alarm energy shifts we feel that's good. Energy shift. Oh, that's pleasant. And there's a response to that shift. This response called sankara. Something gets activated. We get motivated to either avoid something, or withdraw from it, or try to ignore it, or get over it, or or emotionally react to it. Get upset by it. Get fascinated by it. All this stuff Sankara start occurring. And then the psychologies come on top of that. Psychologies, what I should feel and what I shouldn't feel. How am I going to deal with my thoughts? You know? and you start, you know, as you get activated, as sankaras activate everything, the system gets stimulated, and we start to think about it. Because that's also an energy. Thinking starts running, circling around, trying to figure it out, what we're going to do what happens next? This is also an energetic formation. So these three energetic formations, the one is the thinking mind, called Vajji, Sankara, the energy of articulation, that which forms concepts. Um, Whether those are sharp, quick, some people's minds jump very quickly, run things out, sometimes they stagger. Um, um, Maybe, uh, you know, Slow thinking, right racing thinking, stimulated thinking, there's energy there. Mm. And then you have the energy of emotion, chitta sankhara, art stimulated. Mm. And then we have the energy of body, Kaya Sankara, body lights up. And just contemplating those energies as they move. Now, normally, of course, people will tend to go to their thinking mind in order to understand things. And that's really just, yeah, you can do that, but basically, um, this will only add more descriptions. Thinking mind can only describe things. That's what it does. It's good at that. Forms more and more descriptions, uh, analysis, uh, complexities, Mm. webs, weaves and webs of thoughts and ideas, views, opinions, strategies, purposes, dogmas, beliefs, religions, philosophies, goes on and on all descriptions, maps of the world. Maps are useful, but if you look at a map, you get a map of the London Underground, for example. That's a transit map. Really useful for getting around on the subway, but you try and walk that way, you never get anywhere because it doesn't actually exist. In real in on the real planet. It's not a map of the real planet, it's a map of where you go. Mm-hmm. Go from Bond Street to Liverpool Street, you just take that, change there, and there you are. Straight line. But that's not actually the way it is. And yet, for our purposes, that's a useful map. Simple, straightforward. Now thinking's like that. Like you know, creates maps. This and this and do that and that. You know? Have you ever noticed that we have a plan? Okay, we'll do this today. We'll fix that, move that. You know, there it is—just two or three simple, simple steps. <laughs> da da da. And then what actually happens? Ah, where's the tools? Oh, oh who's got the key? Oh, the cupboard's tool cover's locked. Oh, it's Henry's got it, hasn't he? Where's he? Oh, he's doing the washing up. Ah, oh, I think he put it there. So. That wasn't on the map. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the oh something's broken. It's broken down. Or, or, you know, things don't actually operate on those straight lines. So if you actually the maps are useful, but if you cling to them, attach to them, what occurs? Suffering and stress. And we've got to recognise that the thinking mind can only produce maps. Some are extremely in complex, but they're still only maps and they're not about the real thing. Mm. And yet, mm, the ability to construct those rapidly is highly praised and, and valuable to the point to which we almost live on our maps. And we even map other people. He's like this, she's like that. Da, 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 that's her position, and we map ourselves. We don't call it maps; we call it, you know, character definition. And that gets complicated when you try to. When your mind starts creating an idea about yourself. Hmm? And that, that wish to have an idea about oneself. So I can be clear about who I am and what my problems are and what I need to be. Then I'll I need to know how much of this I should do so I could be something other than this. And I can't do it enough of this calming bit so therefore I can't be that. I'm not a sort of quiet, I'm not a happy person, I'm not a cheerful person. Therefore, I can't really do kindness meditation. So you, you do all this kind of thing. This is because I'm fundamentally crabby and cranky. Always yeah. oh, a kind of constant definition. And it always takes you to this place of incapacity. You're stuck. Once you define yourself, there's some strong instinct that wants to, that we have that wants to define how we are and who we are and whether we're as good as or better than or whether we possibly will be in the future, whether a good enough nun, monk, layman, whether layman people can be extreme enterers or not, whether you can only be this in this tradition or that, is this is the right lineage, or would it be better to be in Tibetan Buddhism? You know, God. Maps, maps, maps. And the, the urge to fight, to know that, to get the one that will define you. And then I'll know who I am, and then I'll know what to do. And that's, that's, that's the lure. That's the temptation. That's the lure. That's the decoy. I will give you certainty. Right? And the, this, the Buddha was very clear on this. All formations are impermanent, changeable, not certain, unreliable, insecure. There is no certainty. The only certainty is that things change. Now, you kind of, this is a nice little phrase, we can run it out. I want to sound coral. Core conditions are impermanent, everything's impermanent. You take it deeply. This means you can't create a substantial solid self you can't be (laughs) and there's that strong instinct to want to do so then I'll feel I know what I am, what to do okay, so I've got to stop doing that have I? I've got to stop doing that, how do I stop doing it? I mean, I can't do it. I can't stop doing that. I'm the kind of person who can't stop creating a self. That's me. (laughs) Look, you're doing it again. (laughs) But it's not you that's doing it. Right? There's an energy there that's weaving it. It's feverish. It's desperate. It's hungry. It's driven. That's not you. That's an energy that's doing it. That's creating this thing you know, that's behind your voice the voice that seems so familiar because it's coming through your vocal cords or through your thought patterns it must be me well who's blowing the trumpet yeah the sound of the voice may be yeah but who's who's blowing that who's what is the energy that's Making those sounds, those thoughts. Yeah? Yeah. Who's blowing the trumpet? Yeah. And what's the tune doing? Just mesmerizing, isn't it? So you don't see anything. So the, you know, well, so you get lost in that that sankara, or there is an ignorance, avijja avijja pachaya, sankara, sankara pachaya, vijnana. So when there's an obscuration, missing the point, not being in touch, lack of clarity, what occurs is these energies take over and formulate consciousness. How they formulate consciousness, they formulate consciousness into generating an experience of forms and descriptions. Nama rupa, describing things, describing ourselves, describing other people, describing life, describing, describing, describing. And caught in the web of Nama, the Buddha likened it to a net. So, the world is tangled in Nama. So, then if we, you know, just begin to get that and pause. Because there the, uh, one of the ways in which the um, Buddha expressed his uh, uh, process of practice is the stopping of consciousness and the release of the citta. The stopping of consciousness. The purification and release of citta. I mean, what is that? Stopping consciousness? It, what it means is that instead of constantly generating more and more items with our minds, our thinking minds, the Manovinyana, the mind consciousness, instead of generating more descriptions that complicate the mix, it just stop doing that as an energetic experience, it's not a conceptual experience. Right? Stopping is not is not a an idea, it's an, it means an energy switches off. Right. So we're dead, no. doesn't mean that at all. It means that instead of this formulation of a described world of thoughts you know, of flavors and colors, and sensations, into descriptions, we experience instead of formulating all that experience of energy steadying and returning, to chitta, chitta is released from forming things, released from that hunger to keep creating something, or fighting something, or throwing its energy around, and the energy then calms, steadies, winds down, and that can be experienced of course you can think it and I've just used some words to talk about it and often in you know Buddhist descriptions there's lots of paradoxes because there's a recognition the words can take you so far and then they trip you up so you, you have words that kind of end up being tricky like this. you know stopping consciousness what the, what's going on you know? Paradoxes. You should know for yourself that there's no self. (laughs) Pachatang. Know it in yourself. Be authentic. Work out your release. Know for yourself that there's no self. So you come into a quality of intimacy. Intimate, direct knowing that has no no nama. No person, no personal formation around it. It's just pure, pure knowing, pure intelligence with no describing a person who has it. They don't need to do that. This can sound sort of esoteric and out of reach because most of the time we do think and have to think. And thinking itself is not really a problem. It's the the addiction to it, the fascination with it, and the obsessive hunger that it picks up. If there is that obsessive hunger, if we can understand our thinking as just the description, maps are useful, we can do that. Thinking's no problem but you don't expect it to be the real thing. You just use it as a, as a skillful means, as a tool. And you know that release is not going to be a matter of thought, but a matter of something that is about those energy shifts. Because this is what reality is. Yeah. Direct reality. Yeah. It's that sense of something touching you and that's stimulation, that's energy shifting. And that covers all of it. It's felt. And there are different ways in which things are felt. Things are felt when sensations occur, when consciousness is stimulated, then there's feeling. Pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, mildly, There's also feeling associated just with the shift of of citta, such as we feel saddened. Mm -hmm. Not because of any particular sensation, just that we feel quiet, quiet. And the Buddha said, even these right view, the attainment of right view is felt. A sense of clarity, oh, brightness. When one realizes what one has not realized, that is felt. Oh. What happens? Energy which was surging or running or tangled releases. We experience that release of energy. That's felt. It's called felt we were in a constricted state a tangled state and suddenly there's a release and that's felt ah so even the most kind of sublime experiences move are registered as energetic shifts and of course so we notice that When you get more direct to it, more directly handling energy, you can notice when you get irritable, what happens. When you feel desperate, how that works. When you feel comfortable. Mm. When you feel you've done a good job. When you feel frustrated, Mm. what happens? What happens when we feel resentful or jealous? Notice that. we feel inadequate? Notice what happens there. When we say notice it, notice where the energy runs, what it does. This way you get a very direct acknowledgement of skillfulness and unskillfulness in this intimate domain. It's not just about keeping precepts or what is allowed or what is socially acceptable. You know, this realization of good and evil was something the Buddha only got on his night of awakening. That was one of his for one of his great knowledges, his great realizations. This is what it is. Clearly he knew how to behave himself. (laughs) So he knew that, what was right and wrong in that sense, but to really intimately know this energy, when it runs this way, goes to this tangled place, tense place. This energy, as it moves, goes to somewhere bright and open. This energy as it moves and the you know the energy of goodwill goes to somewhere bright and open. Energy of aversion goes to somewhere tight and contracted. Energy associated with desperation just gets agitated. And so knowing that, with aware of that, recognizing that, not identifying with it, this. Mm. What's needed here? What's needed? Mm. Handle the energy. Some energy sometimes needs to be just soothed, steadied, stabilized, turned. Bring your attention this way. Put energy into you know, caring. Put energy into the heart. You know, this is a movement away from sense consciousness, away from thinking, away from ideas, away from descriptions of what we are and what we aren't. So, you put energy. Put energy right into the citta. Right into that heart, a place where you feel affected. Just bring your energy there. Mm-hmm. And when the heart feels contracted, tight, desperate, mm-hmm. well, how do you bring energy into that? What brings energy into that? This is where it's very important to, to acknowledge the place of the body. You associate normally with the physical creation. I'm talking about bodily vitality, mm. Mm. subtle bodily vitality, such as the vitality of breathing, fundamental Buddhist meditation practice, just to be breathing, breathing as it's rhythmic, soothing, steadying, opening, brightening quality. So you, you breathe into your pain, into your agitation, into your frustration, into your excitement, your exuberance, your tangle. Just keep breathing energy into that. Then you don't have to figure out what to do. You don't have to define yourself. You don't have to have a strategy. You just let the energy do it. This is a very straight immediate approach and that's mindfulness holds that together when you're mindful it means your awareness is now engaged with experience directly if you're mindful of what's happening in your chitta your awareness is right there and you that will naturally bring this steady energy to it because it's not agitating when you're aware of something you're not Liking it, disliking it, compl- complicating it, repressing it, worried about it, shouldn't be this way, should you? Just aware of it. And what happens then? Uh, bringing that quality of awareness which engages with experience brings the energy of stable presence, We're present with that, and you're breathing that. And that, that itself has a, an effect. Because it's like things all, the jitter gets contracted or tangled, you just begin to let that energy move into it, and it begins to like blowing the crinkles out of a balloon, you could say. It's actually much more direct than I'm describing it, because it sounds like you're doing it, but you don't do it, you just put together. What you're feeling directly in your heart, in terms of energy, yeah. stirred, aroused, excited, perhaps a little bit, a little bit giddy, overexcited. Okay, now don't just start putting the judgments and the descriptions and the personality onto that. Just that state. Okay, now sense your body. What's happening in your body? Be aware of that. Be aware of the whole body as an energetic system and as you are sensing that, that energy begins to transfer into your chitta, because essentially they are running on the same network. The body energy and the chitta energy occupy the same channels if you like, it's just a piece of language. Mm -hmm. just as when you get you see someone you feel happy what happens? your face lights up your toes don't light up but your face lights up energy goes there you don't say now I will light my face up (laughs) it just happens the body experiences certain chitta qualities in in areas of the body in, in a particular way When you feel frightened, what happens? Your shoulders tighten up, your guts get tight. You don't have to say, "Oh, now I'll do that." It just happens. The body synchronizes with chitta's expressions. The body is a system of expression, expressing chitta. When you get angry, what happens? Face lights up because it's important to signal it, isn't it? When you feel embarrassed, you're going to get flustered and agitated. These are very common because that's what the energy does, does that. You know, we can use that synchronicity by having a whole body or an awareness of the entire body simple, steady staying with that, mindful of that aware of what's happening in terms of the heart in terms of citta that's more or less what it says in the Satipatthana Sutta if you track that body feeling citta what's happening? why is it lined up like that? what's you feeling in your body? where's the body? what do you feel in it? how does that feeling affect your citta? the heart uh, numbers arise means unskillful phenomena or skillful phenomena dependent on how you're handling that how the mindfulness is, is, is sitting on that if it's sitting well and comfortably then skillful states arise if it's not stabilised then unskillful states arise but that line up what's happening body is feeling something it feels something the jitter is disturbed if you so if you steady the body jitter gets steadied of course you've got to bring the two together that's what mindfulness does it means when I'm feeling a little bit irritated annoyed I'm walking up and down feet back shoulders moving everything energy starts to come out of its grip and loose loosen up expand it just does it Mm. And you begin to notice that when we're in unskillful states, what occurs is you lose either lose your entire body, all you're aware of is the thoughts and emotions, you're not really aware of body at all, or you just get a very localized experience, like I feel hot in my face and tight in my hands, and the rest of my body's disappeared. Mm. So this sense of the, the depleted or um, afflicted chitta, you can sense it as, in an energetic experience, as just a, a lack of completion in terms of the body. It's a fragmentation. Mm-hmm. We get passion fragments us. Get heated up in the face or the hands or the chest, and bits disappear. You come to the whole whole body. It's by itself. It is it's stable. That's what it's about. The body energy by itself seeks stability. Right? It seeks wholeness. So, you do something. You finish doing something. You want to sit down, and the body ah. Oh, that's it's that's it that's what it wants to do. It wants to do its work and then finish. So we energize, we do something, and then it comes back to state. that state. That's the body, that's what bodies do. That's their primary program. Hmm? Now your mind comes up with all kinds of things you think you need to do or have to do or what other people want you to do. The mind is primarily about what I'm going to do and creating descriptions of it. Body isn't. Body doesn't want to do anything apart from breathe. <laughs> By itself it's got no it was just to sustain itself, breathe and be balanced. When you get up and walk, your mind wants you to go with somewhere, but all your body wants to do is make sure you don't fall over. So it's to maintain balance. You walk into the kitchen, you've got this picture in your head, kitchen, nine o'clock, so-and-so, so-and-so, cook the beans, and he's going to do that, and by that, remember, we got that, and what's that bird doing, you know? Oh, yeah, that's interesting, scatter, scatter. That's what the mind does. Fortunately, the body goes foot, left foot, right foot, and we go, it, and it does that. Because you don't have to tell it to do it, you don't notice it's doing it. It's, it's maintaining balance constantly. Because you're not, you're not in your body. But if you were in your body and you may, were with that experience of balance, you notice that all those descriptions of the beans and how long it's going to take and whether you can do it and what the birth they would all stop. And you'd just be walking. And you get there just as fast in a much more wholesome, composed state. It's that direct. You've managed energy. You've managed energy by using the complete fullness of it, body, heart, and thought. And mostly the aim is to still the thinking, reduce the thinking just to what's needed Calm the heart just so it's alert and sensitive and not proliferating and steady in the body. So then, you know, but then what's that experience like? What's it like balance? Is that a feeling? You feel balanced? Yeah, you feel balanced, but balance itself means the absence of stress, doesn't it? Like, if I'm not balanced, it means one part of me is straining to hold the other part up. If I'm not balanced, it means I'm moving forward or there's an inclination. means there's pressure. That pressure must soon later be resolved. Otherwise it gets painful. So balance means the minimal... discomfort minimal stress. And then that that sense of that, then what we experience is a kind of bright, alert, open quality. Energy is now, instead of doing stuff, cooking up stuff, it's just steady state energy. It's just vital, alive. Then we say, oh, consciousness has stopped. Producing stuff, chitta is released from create, need to create anything. Awareness is bright. There's brightness. It's not as if you've numbed out or gone dull. The open state is bright, alert, optimal, and this is the norm. Except it's not normal. It's norm called the norm of Dhamma, where things are whole and balanced. And there you can begin to notice this perception, this idea does this. Uh This idea, if followed, does this. this. This idea, if it's allowed to pass through, passes through. This idea, if sensed, valued, followed as skillful takes me to this good place and then it can be released. this is the you know the culmination whereby we can act and engage and the only qualities that stay in, t- in line with the balanced state are good ones because the nature of goodness is it, Goes to release brightness and you follow it through. It's resolved, it's resolved. Can you touch into that? What healthy, bright energy is about. Even if it's not that powerful. I'm not talking about energy as great surging rushes of vital. Just the sense of the heart energy. and When it's wholesome. Even if you don't physically do anything just sustaining a wholesome intention, wholesome mood. It doesn't need anything, it's bright, it doesn't need anything. It doesn't need to be compared with anything, it doesn't need to prove anything. it doesn't need an identity <laughs> to claim it. And measure it. And ask how useful it was. And whether you can do it again. And what, whether it's proves you're something or nothing. It doesn't need that. You just follow the energy of a good heart. Opens, brightens, moves to release. So why is such an encouragement for us to seek skillful states? Skillful states are skillful because they do that. And if they're held not just as ideas and principles. I'm a good person because I do this every day and I keep this every day and I do my this, that. This. No, they're not. You can create ideas around them, but that tends to contaminate them. It's grasping. When you don't have this descriptive process, you just enjoy. Enjoy the beauty of one wholesome movement of heart towards gratitude, generosity, integrity, care. These are not esoteric concepts. These are qualities that we probably are very familiar with, but don't actually spend enough time really sensing them. Because we think, we think we've got to do something. About it, you yeah. know. So um, I mean well, but I can't do. I can't do as good as he can. I've got to try as best I can, but I'm nowhere near as clever as she is. No, it's not about that. <laughs> it's not about the comparative mind. It's about just experiencing that. that the loveliness, that there's such a thing as, as good intention. Before it manifests in the world of action, it's, it's there, it's the chitta's opening. And if even that small, that can happen for us. We're not, we don't have to be stuck in our descriptions of ourselves. We don't have to keep believing in our histories And naming processes. And of course, this is the encouragement of the Buddha. Here are roots of trees. Here are quiet places. Absorb into this. All that has been taught, I have taught out of compassion. Don't, don't get lost in the jungle. Thoughts and impressions. So, the beauty of this is something like, you know, seemingly as remote as stopping the consciousness, purification of jitta, release of the heart. It's actually something quite immediate. We're not talking about eventually, after five lifetimes, I've eroded and eroded such a. Some kind of amazing mystical experience where the world disappears. And we're saying... (laughs) It's much more like your thought is bubbling along doing this, 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 that, and the other and just go straight into the heart and stop. Feel the 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 goodness of the heart and relax defining yourself. So to that extent, you're stopping the most important problem which is mind consciousness. and then what's feel like when you're relieved of that need to be an identity that need to measure and have an idea of yourself isn't that beautiful intimate really you know, really bringing you home. And how all the strategies of the ingrained psychologies of performance and making sure other people are, you know, doing enough for other people, making sure we're putting forth the right effort, making sure we're really pure in our conduct, and all the complexities of that. You know, the Buddha didn't teach this for the sake of getting us tangled up in more definitions and comparisons and anxieties and worry but for the freedom of the heart and for this we have to touch into the energies that bind it, mesmerise it, fascinate it and the ones that, the moderation of them so they release from the tangling of suffering And that can be felt. So I'll leave you here. I think I'll get to the stopping of my mind consciousness this particular time and wish you all a agreeable abiding.